Hey, welcome to the Journey Together podcast with Josh and Anna, where we're talking about sex and intimacy today. Yeah, we're also incorporating just being your spouse's best friend. Yes, you need to be each other's biggest fan. That's one of our marriage rules, actually. Yeah, it really is, is because we know the importance of it. Man, I love knowing that you've got my back. That you are my biggest fan and I am your biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, we have been married for almost 19 years Woo-woo. this June. Yes. And uh, right after we got married, about four months into it, on purpose, actually, got pregnant with our oldest son, Cademan. He'll be 18 this July. Whoa. Uh, and then we have four children, three boys and a girl. A very full first 10 years of marriage. Yeah. A lot of fun. Very full. A lot of fun. I remember when we hit year 10, our children's pastor at our church, we pastor Trailhead Church in Graham, North Carolina, but... Our children's pastor, Christian, she goes, do you feel like you've been married for 10 years? And I was like, yes, I own every one of those years. And it wasn't in a bad way. I know no. you're looking at me like, oh, geez. It mm. was in a good way. It was an awesome way. I love yeah, that. like I own these years. Right, yeah, for sure. Because we really uh, hit a point where we made a decision at year 10 to grow our friendship to the next level because we knew it was going to help our intimacy yeah. with one another. Yeah, and no, this isn't overnight. Intimacy isn't something just, no, I mean, it's like a journey. It's a real journey. It's a real process. And man, it's been it's been fun. You learn to, to, learn to love, you learn to have uh, all the intimacy of things. Now, keep in mind, there's a separation between sex and intimacy. Intimacy is layered of things. Sex is a portion of intimacy, and and, a, and obviously there's a physical form of involved in, in that. But intimacy in itself, man, there's so many layers to this that you develop. And um, so f- right out the gate, let me just give you, there, there's a lot of different ideas and definitions behind this, but those four types of intimacy, that first one is emotional intimacy, um, where you have such a comfort of being able to share each other's feelings, the good, the bad, the ugly. You're able to be secure with one another, not to feel insecure with someone that you should have that level of intimacy with. Um, there needs to be an intellectual intimacy, and that is a beautiful place where you can share ideas and it may, may even come across as some of the dumbest ideas, but to know that you're like, that's hilarious. That like, it's a safe place. It's a safe place yeah. to to experience opinions. And you may not see eye to eye, but hey, you know, it's going to be a safe place where you don't just get shut down. And there's an intellectual intimacy with that. The third uh, type of intimacy is sexual intimacy. That sexual intimacy is where you can engage in uh, in sensual and sexual activities where you can touch one another and have a safety involved in that, a security involved in that, and it's a beautiful thing. And um, to and it's not always such a level of like it's just sex. No, there's there's other ways of of touching. There's other ways of kissing, and um, we always call it a win. With the more ooh gross mom and dad that we get from our children. So like in the kitchen, she's cooking. Yeah, we cooking like to dance uh, in the kitchen. We like to dance to the salsa music. <laughs> oh, gosh. Every <laughs> time true, by the way. we dance in the kitchen, one of our kids wraps their arms around us. And begins to and dance begin with to, us. Yeah, every single it time. Matter. It could be the oldest one. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
uh, but I'm thankful that we have that type of affection in front yeah. of our children because uh, it's healthy. It's right. good. We we want that. We want that yeah. in our marriage. We want our children to see a healthy, full rounded, or a well rounded marriage, and them to see a healthy intimacy with who their parents are. And a portion of that is to see that we're affectionate towards one another and that I want them to hear, or I want to hear, and I want to hear them say, ooh, gross. And it's just us kissing. Okay. It's me holding mom on the couch. Let me get real with some of this, because I know some of you, you're like, uh, I've got little kids, and they are touching me all day long, and I'm over it by the time my <laughs> husband gets home. You know, I had four kids in seven years. I get it. Uh, we had, this is where you have those hard conversations about these things. And I had those moments where I looked at Josh and I was like, I have spit up all over me. I am gross. I I need a moment to regroup. Uh, I love our kids, but it's been a lot. Right. And where there are seasons that are more challenging than others uh, that you grow through and you work through. And uh, I think that's where having that emotional intimacy comes alongside of the physical intimacy, because then I realize I can tell you that you're not offended by it. We can work through it. Um, but it's not always easy. Right. No, there's some tough days where you you wake up and you go, oh my gosh, Lord, I need help right now yeah. because I'm tired. Yeah. And, uh, and I... And I want to have that type of affection with my spouse, um, but I'm I'm wiped, you know I'm wiped out. I think that that's where that's where we're able to have that communication and knowing that those are seasons. You grow through it, you work through it. Right. Yeah. And if you're nurturing these these levels of intimacy, then you're going to continue to bond and move through the seasons you find yourself in. And you're going to have a closer knit relationship that when those hard days come, you don't take it personal. You don't make it like this, this boundary of like, oh, this is how they're going to be. Well, then I'm going to be like this or whatever. It's, that's nonsense. You just throw all that out. We've and, had those moments where we have taken it personal. Right. And you've learned, we learn and we push through it. Yeah. We, and you, and you recognize don't take it. <laughs> we actually say that to each other. Don't take it personal. Uh, and you, you have to have that give and take where yeah. you are willing to work through those hard days yeah. and, uh, and move forward. Yeah. Now, the fourth type of intimacy, which I, I love, it's one of my favorites, is actually experiential. And that's the f when you two are experiencing uh, things together, whether it be trips, adventures, whether it be just alone time, drinking coffee on the front porch, any type of activity. And honestly, even the intimacy with your family, having not some people, some people would have the idea it's just like date nights, like couple, it's your couple date night. But having a game night with your your kids, that in itself is an intimacy to watch your loved one interact with your children. And I know women find that attractive in their husbands when they see their husbands loving on the children and participating in their day-to-day -day lives. So that's why I would encourage you not to just think that it's only when you get a date night. It's only when you're touching your spouse is that intimacy is found. I mean, it, it makes you super hot when you're a good dad to your kids, okay? It really does. It makes you extra hot whenever you do all of the dishes. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there too right now. Sure. Okay. Just put that on the checklist. All right. Next level. On Next it. level. 
But you know, you're meeting your each other's needs. That is a part of intimacy. You're meeting each other's needs. You're coming in. You're saying, "What can I do for you?" Surprising and delighting. Walking into the room and saying, "Hey, let me rub your feet." And it's not all about just some sexual driven idea. It's no, I want to meet the need and I want to pursue after. One of the words that Anna and I love is inflame. We want to inflame each other. We're getting real biblical here, guys. Yes. We, but you do want to inflame your spouse. You know, when I look at these four areas, the foundation behind this truly is becoming your spouse's best friend, that it is being their biggest fan. It is wanting and believing the best of them and for them. And it takes 100% from both parties in order for this to take place, mm-hmm. where you recognize, you know, emotionally, uh, I need to be there for my spouse. And I, I need to do a better job at listening. Maybe that's something that you need to work on to help develop that emotional uh, intimacy with your spouse is did you need to listen? You need to ask more questions. Ask them how their day is. Yeah, you know of whatever that might look like. Uh, it could be that when it comes to the uh, physical side of this, that your planning is terrible, and you're waiting until midnight to be intimate with your spouse, or uh, you're just not planning at all. It's not in the forefront of your mind, so you're not thinking about it. You guys, it's time to get intentional with physical intimacy. yeah, We realized with four little kids, we couldn't wait till midnight. Uh, or someone was going to wake up every night. Someone's waking up when you have four little kids. <laughs> Just what it looks like. And we had to become more intentional with our times of intimacy and using wisdom of like, all right, we need to make sure that we do this and uh, uh, that, it's, that we're not wiped out uh, right. so we can enjoy what's going on. And I think a part of each one of these is having that intentionality of how you can help uh, your spouse or you can serve your spouse or you can help your marriage grow, how you can pour and water your own grass. Yeah. Yeah. I think taking a um, an aggressive approach towards meeting the needs of each other is going to have a greater effect on your relationship of building trust, building a better communication, not dealing with poor communication, but having a better communication because you are you are aggressively meeting each other's needs. And when you do that, it changes, man. It it helps. And it then it's not just um, sex is like just hanging over here that it just happens um, occasionally or or whatever the case may be. But sex is then brought into intimacy of all the different layers, and it's a more fulfilling time together. It's more exciting. It's more thrilling. It's all of that because there's a um, a pulling back the curtain of of just comfort, a yeah. layer of you're knowing. With your, you're with your best friend, right? And mm-hmm. it's awesome. So being so, I love what Erwin uh, McManus writes in his book Soul Cravings. And it says this, sex can be the most intimate and beautiful expression of love, but we are only lying to ourselves when we act as if sex is proof of love. Too many men demand sex as proof of love. Too many women have given sex in hopes of love. We live in a world of users where we abuse each other to dull the pain of a loneliness. Oh, man. 
That's brutal. We all, and then he writes, we all long for intimacy and physical contact, and and, and that can appear as intimacy, but at it's sad. It's not. It's not. It can appear as intimacy, but it's not. And what deeply resolves any type of cravings that we have or a need-based relationship, it is intimacy, then sex. It's not sex, then intimacy. It's intimacy, all-encompassing of what we were saying earlier with meeting each other on an intellectual side of things, on a an experiential, emotional, and then and then the sexual intimacy, that touch and and that comfort of being with one another. And that's what we should be longing for. And who created intimacy? God created intimacy. Uh, and in him created intimacy, he wants us to have that relationship with him that will in turn help us to have an intimate relationship with our spouse. Right. Whenever I love God first and I put him first over my life, then I am hearing his voice, that I am having this relationship with him that will then help me in how I'm emotional with you, mm-hmm. that will open my, I can open my heart to you, that will then help me uh, feel that you're a safe place, that I can trust you, that I can grow with you, that I can be intimate with you. In those hard times when you're going through tough stuff and maybe you're not in agreement with your spouse and intimacy seems so far away, when you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, then He makes the most challenging seasons uh, seem easy, where He is glorified and he will get you through it in just the hardest of times, and you're thinking, only God could have done this. Or even if you're having a hard time being intimate because you just have no desire. God created intimacy for marriage, and he created it to be good and to be lasting. This is where you go to him as your heavenly father in the name of Jesus, and you talk about it. You say, Lord, I need help. He'll give you wisdom. He'll stir it up. He'll, he can lead you to even if there's something medically you need to do or whatever that path may look like. And he always has a strategic plan to help you to grow in these areas with your spouse. It comes from him. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that that we have to remember in our marriage is it all came from him. It's his covenant. And it came from him in the beginning. And the enemy is not happy. Satan is not happy with the marriage covenant. So he's no, constantly he yes, he's constantly attacking. Uh, each one of these areas to cause division and for you to actually enjoy your marriage. But we call that out for what it is. He has no seat at our table. You know, he's not allowed to feast at the table with us. Mm-hmm. We're feasting at God's table and we're making a decision to truly grow in the Lord and to grow together. And uh, and that's a willingness to to work on these areas. Yeah, for sure. So now moving and transitioning over into more talking about sex, you know, there's a uh, there's a healthy way um, to engage each other and to set expectations with one another of what you're wanting. You know, you got to ask yourselves what is that healthy expectation of how many how often do you want to have sex? Is it once a week, twice a week, three times a week? You know, for us, we've we've always encouraged couples to make it at least twice a week. Um, we would encourage that. Some of you may have a difference of um, scheduling and of time and, and work and stuff, but um, we would encourage you to make that happen, um, to meet each other's needs 
together uh, on that level is a more often than none. So we that's what that we it's say. regular that yes. you are consistently having regular sex with your spouse, right? And you're openly communicating what those needs are. Yep. Of uh, of what that looks like, uh, and then in order to be regular, then that's where that intentionality comes in, where you you're thinking you look at your calendar, you know the days you're home, you know what you're doing, you're talking about it. Yep. We talked about the word inflame. We're not trying to be cheesy here, but it's really texting each other throughout the day, having fun with it. Ladies, get rid of your lingerie from 20 years ago. Go buy some new lingerie that makes you feel good. It's using wisdom of uh, just feeling good about yourself uh, and and being there for your spouse, that you, you have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you put that in the forefront of your mind uh, and you ask the Lord for help with it, it's not weird to talk to God about your sex life. Right. You should. Uh, and then he will help you to have a plan. He created it. Yeah. He'll help you have a plan for it to grow and feel good. I love uh, Mark chapter 10, and it says in verse 6, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. God has joined you together with your spouse. You made a choice to leave your parents, to come together, to have a marriage. I love how he uses the words joined and he uses the words unity uh, because he wants us to have that place of truly coming together, being one flesh, enjoying one another. And then I like that he put in there, don't let it man come and separate what I've done. So you've got to guard and protect this at all costs and make a decision that you're in this together with God being Lord, uh, with Jesus being Lord overall, God is your heavenly father, that he he is the one that you're looking to and that, uh, that you're going in the same direction. Yeah. And that direction should be growth. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that I love when I can talk to my friends. I have good, godly friends who would challenge me and ask me about my marriage. I've got a best friend who challenges me often just to ask questions of how am I doing and and keeping me accountable uh, to my wife and asking those hard questions. And uh, it's important because we know that there is a there's a there's sexual desires that we have and they need to be fulfilled by our our partners. Yeah, by your spouse. As your spouse, your husband and your wife. And that's what's so beautiful because God intended this. We know the first thing that God said that wasn't good was for man to be alone. That it's important that we find that helpmate, that we're together, and that in those sexual desires that we have, we fulfill those and with not just kinda, but but with a desire a longing after to help each other meet that need. And I think it's wonderful. So that's why I think, you know, we've, Anna and I've said it when we counsel other couples that we talk openly about it, of it's important that you say what what you like, what you don't like, to express those feelings and emotions with one another and to always, to change it up sometimes and, and to do fun things. And it's exciting. And that's where I would tell you, like, don't, don't let it dry up. You always hear the you know that word like if you uh, 
don't use it, you'll lose it. <laughs> right. Right. So right, and so men, I've heard from from close men who have had uh, lower testosterone levels, and they've noticed that things have changed. And they went to the doctor, and they went, and, you know, got it checked out. Go to your doctor, set up a physical, and get it checked out, and and find out what's going on because you don't want um, that that type of intimacy to be lost because it's important as just valuable. as valuable valuable yes. just like the other ones are. So. Make it happen. Be intentional and seek after one another fervently. And, okay, a part of being intentional, uh, because we understand the differences between men and women, and it's accepting those differences of how we're made and what this looks like. Josh is going to get me excited throughout the day by helping me, by some type of an act of service, by coming alongside of me so I'm not just overwhelmed with everything else going on. And uh, that's a huge help. He enjoys physical touch. I know that. And when I come and, and, and touch him and love on him, bring him affection, uh, that makes him so happy. This is where you begin to know each other and you recognize, I want to serve you for you, right. who you are. Um, through the day, also for women, coming alongside of that, uh, you know, husbands, text your ladies. Tell them how good they look. Ask them how they're doing. That's where women are emotionally connected to uh, having sex in such a way that, that when they feel safe and secure with what they can talk to you about and who they are, then they know you're a safe place. This truly is where you've got to become best friends. Yeah. That you love each other so much that you can sit down and you are each other's safe place. That you can talk through these things. And uh, when Josh checks on me throughout the day or I check on him, all that is doing is continually growing our intimacy. So then when we come together, uh, it's, 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 it's great. You know, it's great. So and you feel secure. Women love security. Make your spouse feel secure. I also think with this um, of just growing your intimacy, if you've got kids, this is a tough one, y'all. It is hard to be intimate if you've got kids in your bed. Okay, there are some practical wisdom things here that you're like, well, we don't ever have sex. And we could be like, why? And you're like, well, our kids are in our bed every night. And you're thinking, okay, well, that's tough. And you're going to have to get a plan to get them on a routine that frees you up and that you and your spouse can get your marriage bed back. Right. Marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. So you got to work at this. So there's some adjustments that need to be made. So don't don't get into this rut of like, it's just the way it is. No, you're going to have to pay attention to what needs to shift. And if you're having children sleeping in your bed at night, they are, they are um, a hindrance to that sexual intimacy. And you need to work on figuring out a way to put your children in the other room. If you're dealing with this anxiety of I can't have, I just can't have them in the other room. I, you know, I, I don't I feel safe or whatever it is. This is where you got to present that to the Lord and, and, and allow God to heal you from this so that your sexual intimacy doesn't, um, doesn't fall apart. One of the greatest gifts you're giving your kids is a healthy marriage. Right. And um, these are just 
practical things that will help you in the long run. Uh, you know, a part of this is, of course, setting that time aside and becoming intentional, like you said, having practical steps, going to the Lord with this, uh, and really communicating with one another just how much you love each other, and yeah. you're making the most out of the time that you have. Uh, we have found with children, uh, having four kids, you know, lock your door, okay? If you've got a few minutes, make the most of that time. Don't just be a stick in the mud. And and these are pep talks that I'm not trying to give you. These are pep talks that I've had to give me right. of, hey, wake up and have fun with your spouse right now. Wake up and be intentional of how you love him and, and make the most out of the time that you have. Uh, this is huge. This is how you really start to have that time together, and it makes a difference. Right. Um, a part of doing this, I've got a few things that I've written down in my own notes of, so what can I do to show my spouse that I care? Right. That throughout the day, as I'm building this and uh, building this intimacy, how can I show him that I care? Uh, how do I show my spouse respect? You know, you're more likely going to want to be intimate with your spouse when you show respect to one another. And you have that honor for each other. Yeah. Uh, what are ways to serve my spouse? You guys, these are great questions. This is, these are my personal notes. These are things that I've written to me. And then I put, write three areas you need to work on. Choose to become a doer of the word and ask the Lord for help. Ask for forgiveness. Go to one another. It's a clean start. God makes all things new. Uh, at the top of this, making necessary adjustments to show servanthood to one another. The, this is my personal notes in my own marriage of, okay, Anna, what can you do for this intimacy to grow uh, because because you want it to grow and you, you want it to be God's best? Right. you got to be intentional, period. And be willing to make those adjustments. Yeah. You know, I know what we're saying isn't groundbreaking. Um, it doesn't have to be. Don't overcomplicate this, okay? If you're not having sex with your spouse because you are walking in unforgiveness, you're wrong. You need to go before the Lord and ask for help. Go to your spouse. Yeah, don't believe for one bit, and because I believe you're going to be you're going to be shocked to discover that no matter how far gone you think it is, of by presenting it before the Lord, how God can restore it and how he can create beauty from it. And you're going to have a testimony at the end of the day from it where God's come in and just restored fully every layer of intimacy, including the sexual side of it. And I, I don't want you to think that I'm harsh with this, of like, you are wrong. Listen, I know you've got a story behind it, and possibly a part of that is you all needing to go in and seek counsel, get help. I think I'm talking more of the day-to-day -day stuff that you're just holding things against your spouse and uh, you're using the lack of int intimacy as a weapon. Um, and that's not God's best. Right. This is where you married that person. God created intimacy for the marriage bed, and we need to wake up. God wants to awaken those desires in you. He wants to help you. I love what you just said. Nothing's too hard for God with this. Mm -hmm. And he will make beauty from ashes. And truly, that this can be just um, something far greater than you could have ever hoped for, and uh, and it'll be awesome. Right. Yeah, you guys, you should know what 
you should be getting excited about what's around the corner. Meaning tonight, when you get home, or if it is tonight, stop listening to us. Go over to your spouse, kiss them, love them, tell them something that you appreciate about them. Give them a form of intimacy that's not just a physical aspect, though. Like, do something sweet. Do an act of kindness. Do something for them and begin to work at your marriage. Do not weaponize sex. Do not use it as a a tool to get something done. Do not use it in a way to say, you've got to do this or I'm going to do that. Don't do that. Like, that, that you're missing out on a full-encompassing or all-encompassing intimacy with your spouse that will transcend uh, every, every thought that you had, that it goes beyond just the, the, the skim surface of what you think marriage is. It goes deeper than that. So, like, make it happen. Like, go out there and spend time with one another, the valuable time, and do, do life together, not separate. Do it together and, and the experiential side of intimacy. Enjoy those things. Enjoy food together. Go, go right now and go, go take them to their favorite restaurant. Go home this evening. If you're listening to this, go home and go take them to their favorite restaurant. And just the entire time, it's not about you, it's about them, and just dote on them. Tell them about how much you love them and all the things you appreciate about them. Flirt with them. Yes. Make Flirt. it happen. And you're going to get a reward from it. Not just, you know, when I mean the reward, it's just the notion of knowing, man, I'm, I've, got, I've got my biggest fan, my biggest hero. Every, it's all of that knowing with you, beside you. That's the best thing you can do. So make it happen. God wants to add the increase. He's yeah. faithful. Let's do it. Yeah, we're cheering your marriage on. Um, we really appreciate you guys joining us. Yeah, get out of the routine. Get out of the routine, the mundane routine. Start something new. Make it happen. Your marriage is not. Hey, check out thejourneytogether.com for the blog. Dead. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you guys It's amazing. Next you guys week. are awesome. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.